What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Live on the Sports Animal, it's countdown to kickoff with Bud Light Game Time on the road. It's a matchup of two undefeated teams in Fort Worth today, Oklahoma State and TCU. We're two hours away from kickoff, and this is Countdown to Kickoff on 98.1 FM, WWLS, the Sports Animal, Gideon Hamilton, the two-time All-American at OSU, Rashawn Woods here at Lumpy's, 122nd and North May, the location where you will find us today. Great specials all day long as they have 250 Bud and Bud Light long necks for all OU and OSU games. Means we still got a few hours to go on those specials. Uh, watching OU uh, really beat up on Kansas in the early game today, up 35 to 14. That one, a couple of minutes left to go before halftime. And a game of various different challenges for Oklahoma State that they haven't necessarily seen the kind of attack that TCU is going to bring at them. But, Rashawn, uh, first things first, got to start off with the health of Spencer Sanders. As it's been rumored throughout the week that he's been dealing with uh, a couple of different ailments. And uh, today his status was somewhat in question. We've uh, talked to some of the reporters that we follow most closely and he's still expected to play in today's game but during today's show we're going to talk to scott wright kelly hines and marshall scott as we get a lot closer to game time and find out definitive word because his involvement is obviously crucial in today's game yeah it really is i mean i think um him being a dual threat guy that he needs to be is critical to oklahoma state's success on that side of the football you know luckily though whether you worry about that or you're one of those guys that get really stressful, I think Oklahoma State is still in a good position. You know, with the second-string quarterback, Gundy, I think he understands the offense just as well from seeing him play in the limited minutes that we've seen. He has an understanding of where to go with the football. Not the athlete, clearly, that uh, Spencer is, but uh, shows that he knows what to do with the football. He's good at running with the football and making good decisions. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And in in my opinion... Oklahoma State still is favorite and still should win the game regardless uh, of whether or not he plays because everybody else, and uh, they're good enough. You know, they're, they're a better football team. The defense has shown, uh, although not as good or dominant as the defense last year, can still get the job done and, and, and slow a team of the caliber of TCU down enough to probably get the win here. Now let's talk about uh, TCU. Uh, I, we've talked about this. Uh, you felt like there was probably too much praise heaped upon TCU just based on the way that they beat Oklahoma and OU some extenuating circumstances in that one, the quarterback getting hurt early on in that game, and then TCU was really able to pile it on from that point forward. Uh, but this is a Horn Frogs team that looks a lot different than the one in years past based on how many explode plays they've had so far this year by how many different players. And last year, excuse me, last game against Kansas when they win 38-31, Quentin Johnson had a big game. Max Duggins completed almost 75% of his passes, and you can look at Kansas's defense today against OU, and you can look at the Sooners' defense this year and say, well, maybe that's why the numbers are skewed a little bit, but you still have to go out there and attack, and I think there's some really good-looking players on this TCU team. That's exactly right, and TCU, of course, they're, you know, the fact that they beat OU the way that they did, you know, it's going to inflate the numbers. Like, it's going to make you feel like, just because OU and who they've been historically, make you feel that like TCU is is really really good and that they're 
they're very extremely formidable. And not to say that they're not, right? I mean, you have to see that, hey, they could still have lost the game even though right. OU is not the same team. So TCU is able to take care, take care of business. Uh, they played Kansas. It was extremely close, and they won that game. You know, watching the game today, though, you're seeing Kansas behind. You get a sense that Oklahoma really, really is not the same team without their starting quarterback, which I think that's an obvious statement. Uh, but TCU, uh, in my opinion, watching them play and seeing some of the plays they made, yes, they're doing some good things, but they're still the TCU that we've known, that we've seen. It's nothing extraordinary about them as far as other than them beating OU the way they did. Now, a lot has been made about the fact that uh, TCU's had some uh, deep plays this year, a lot of chunk plays for big yardage. Oklahoma State's secondary. This is on, you know, for anywhere from the sports animal to college game day today. Uh, they're expecting TCU to take some deep shots against Oklahoma State's secondary. We talked about this in the postgame show last week, and it's not necessarily the fact that, you know, Sonny Dykes is going to say, hey, Max, just go back there and wing it, and it doesn't matter. They're going to do this strategically. They've either got a one-on-one matchup that they like or there's something in coverage that he sees during a play that he wants to see and take a shot at. So they're going to hit on some big plays. Yeah. You admitted as much, uh, you know, last week. You just don't want them to drop back, throw something – 25 to 30 yards downfield plus and hit on four out of seven and the other two are PIs. Yeah. You want to limit those those big plays when they do uh, attempt those, right, Rashawn? Yeah, and, you know, t- as much as they've had success on big plays, it's really the running game for TCU, uh, whether it's Mac du- uh, Max Duggan running the football or the various amounts of running backs that they have, one of the main ones being Kendra Miller, who's rushed mm-hmm. for 474 yards and six touchdowns. If they run the ball with consistency, it gives them more opportunities to go down the field and it not be a risk, right? And so if you're in a second and five situation or a second and two and you know you can take a shot safely and then come back and still run and and, and on average get those first downs whether you run or you pass it, well, it lends to a better situation to run or throw the ball down the field, right? And so if you're throwing the ball down the field and it's not a risk – then you're going to do it a whole lot more because the sure. running game is putting you in those positions. Well, that's where TCU is. If they're ahead, which they have been, they're a lot more prone to maybe go down the field and take more more risk, so to speak. Yep. But Sonny Dykes, just like with anybody else, is calling this deal. If the defense is slowing down or they get behind, they may take shots more so because of that. But if it's a close game, most teams are more inclined to be more careful. Mm-hmm not take as many risks because they don't want to turn a football over in close type situations. And so the numbers are skewed, man. I mean, that when they win a game that they typically don't win, if you take that OU game out, the numbers are, are significantly different. And that's, that's just really the reality of this deal. And really what I'm trying to, to really hit home is that the numbers and who TCU is is extremely inflated because of that one game. Not to take away from the fact that, yes, they do have the potential to beat you deep and will have some success at times here against Oklahoma State. But to think that it is in a dire situation for the Cowboys – and stopping their ability, uh, their ability to go down the field, I think, is is, is ill warranted. So uh, they will be a team uh, that will run some zone read stuff, where Max will hang on just a second uh, to see where that end is is going to come up or not. Uh, and they've been able to break some big plays. I think they're, they're running over six yards a carry or something yeah. like that. And and again, a couple of those were just you know, lack of awareness plays against uh, Oklahoma and Kansas. But also that misdirection that they used and the timing that they used the running game is also very effective. And that's why they do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, all of those things, when your team is a, a fast team or they're, they're heavily on the inside zone or mid zone or outside zone, whatever they do, a lot of things come off of that. And so if that doesn't have success, if you can't have success on the zone, everything else is a little bit tougher, you know, because you run your RPOs off of that, your play yep. actions come off of it. And so when teams stress to stop that, it opens them up to be beat down the field but Oklahoma State has shown on defense at least that even when the numbers aren't in their favor against the run 
they're still having success stopping the run, with the exception of sometimes have some moments last week. Right. Okay. But all in all, Oklahoma State, if it's six on six in the box or they're down a guy in the box, are still good enough to where they can put enough guys in coverage and, and slow teams passing game down as much because they're going to have to be able to do that because they can't. I don't know if they commit to the run and they stop TCU from throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. But if they're able to slow down the run and still have enough guys in coverage, um, it's more than enough to be able to to, to, to at least slow down uh, the dynamicness of this team. And we've got uh, so many important games today. It's actually one of those spots for Oklahoma State based on who's playing each other early on where um, there's some room for advancement uh, for the Cowboys. What's your take on Oklahoma? Uh, I, I mean, it just goes to show you how – significant a difference there is between having your starting quarterback in versus you know having a bunch of guys that they obviously just couldn't recruit to get a solid right second second string guy in there they right. look so much different today yeah and that to me is you know hey it's great thank goodness he comes back and he's able to run the offense does that excuse the fact that they don't have another guy it doesn't is there anything that you can do about it no it is what it is. I still think that the second-string guy or whoever that is still needs to be a focus in practice. Yep. How he gets those reps and how they get that done is, I don't know, right? But at the end of the day, you can't rely on Gabriel being there every down. There has to be a plan. For them not to have a plan, I think it's a little irresponsible. But, hey, right now, Oklahoma appears to be back on track. They're leading right now. Looks to be about to go up another score, and uh, crisis averted uh, for the time being for <laughs> yeah. the for the Sooners. Yeah, Oklahoma uh, about a yard short of the end zone on a play just before halftime. Uh, looks like right now they're up thirty-five to twenty-one. Looks like they should be able to get some points uh, on the board here and double up that lead against Kansas. I had OU winning that game. 41-38, so obviously I'm going to be a little bit light on uh, on the Sooners' total today. The other one that was interesting to watch early on was Iowa State and Texas, and this was a game in which Iowa State had a 7 nothing lead, um, got down to the Texas uh, about four-yard line or so, uh, then threw an interception in the end zone, and since then Texas has gone on to score two unanswered touchdowns, uh, both long 80-yard drives, and the Longhorns lead that one 14-7. That's a game that Oklahoma State really needed Iowa State to win, uh, just to create some. Uh, you want these teams there toward the top of the league right now to lose as much as possible, just give you some breathing room a little bit later on with as um, tightly bunched as this thing might end up a little bit later on. Busy show for you. Scott Wright is going to join us next. Scott has already commented earlier today online about uh, Spencer Sanders and some of the things that he's been hearing during the week and during the morning. So hopefully we'll try to get something a little bit more definitive from Scott since he is going to be down there in Fort Worth. We'll see what he's seeing. But first up, let's tell you what's going on at Lumpy's. This is a great place, fantastic atmosphere, and some great Bud and Bud Light specials. 250 long necks, all OU and OSU games. So Cowboys, Horn Frogs probably be playing until 6, 6.30 tonight. So you can enjoy those all day long here at Lumpy's. We're at the location, Northwest 122nd and May. Gideon Hamilton, the two-time All-American at OSU. Rashawn Woods here with you, getting you set for OSU and TCU. It's countdown to kickoff on 98.1 FM, WWLS Sports Animal. Went over an hour and a half away from kickoff in Fort Worth. We're getting you set here on countdown to kickoff, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal. Gideon Hamilton, Rashawn Woods here at Lumpy's, Northwest 122nd and May. 250 Bud Bud Light Long Necks all day long for OU and OSU while those games are going on. Great atmosphere. Got some OU fans out here. Starting to see some orange trickle in as well as we get ready uh, for this big game between battle of undefeated teams in the Big 12. Joining us right now, uh, our good friend does a great job covering OSU athletics for the Oklahoman. It's Scott Wright. And, uh, Scott, you down there in Fort Worth? 
I am. I'm, uh, I'm on site. Um, I can confirm Spencer Sanders is here. Beyond that, I can't confirm <laughs> anything about his status. Uh, a ton of different rumors going on. I'm sure you were going to ask me about that at some sure. point. So uh, go ahead and get ahead of you on that one. Um, I, 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 I do expect him to play. I don't know how healthy he is. That's, uh, that's going to be okay. the big question as far as how things go today. Was that going back to anything specific that happened against Texas Tech? Is there anything that happened in practice? Do we know uh, kind of like uh, what the foundation for what he's going through, where that began? It's believed to have happened during the Texas Tech game. He came into post game with a uh, really big ice pack on on that throwing shoulder after the game. Um, of course, they uh, they downplayed it in that uh, that scenario. But uh, you know he was. Uh, we uh, you know we, we don't get to be around the team during the week, obviously for practice. But uh, in watch, watching them walk out of practice uh, after Tuesday, when we get to interview players, uh, he was uh, he was in full pads, not in a sling or anything like that. So um, you know they're like I said, lots of different rumors. They're very close to the cuff. So uh, um, you know here at TCU, they actually allow the uh, the print media down on the field during pregame. So. Uh, that's kind of rare these days. I'm going to, uh, after I get done talking to you guys, head down to the field and, uh, and, and try to watch things as he comes out and, and starts warming up, see if there's anything noticeable in, uh, in how he's throwing the ball or, uh, or any of those things to uh, give us any kind of sign of, of what his availability is today. And uh, you can follow Scott for uh, some updates if he chooses to pass those along on Twitter. Uh, at Scott Wright OK uh, is that feed if you're looking for up-to-the-second information. Of course, anything that he or Jacob Unruh or anybody else that uh, covers OSU Athletics down there uh, passes along, we will be sure to do that as soon as we find out anyway. is uh, That's a big deal, Scott. Uh, you know, Gunner Gundy got in uh, some action earlier this season, but it's obviously a completely different deal. Spencer Sanders very important to what Oklahoma State does. Yeah, absolutely, and and. You know, we knew that a situation like this could arise. It's been a concern going all the way back to spring ball when Shane Ellingworth had left, and you knew you didn't have a backup with any real major college experience. You know, Gundy is a is a uh, a guy who's been on campus a couple of years, but hadn't uh, hadn't thrown a pass until he got in earlier this year in uh, in a blowout win. Uh, and then Garrett Rangel, obviously, was a true freshman who just arrived in in January. So. Um, it was a uh, it was a tough situation. Sanders uh, has missed at least one game every season that he's been a starter. Uh, you know, in in some cases, two or three games. So it was uh, it was apparent that this was a possibility at some point, and uh, we'll see we'll see what kind of situation it is today. But uh, you know, Gunnar Gundy would be the guy if if Sanders can't go or can't go all the time. So it's going to be a lot on the shoulders of a of a redshirt freshman who's not been put in uh, this type of situation. Obviously, a, a talented kid. We've known that for a while. Uh, talking about about Gunnar Gundy, uh, but uh, this is a a different animal against a a top fifteen team. Scott Wright is our guest. Does a great job covering Cowboy football for the Oklahoman. Uh, we can't tell you from the game in Norman. Oklahoma had two consecutive plays from the one-yard line right before halftime, electing not to uh, kick a field goal. OU electing to try to get a touchdown. They were stopped on both plays, and time has run out. So OU's lead will only be 35-21 to 21 over Kansas going into the break. Scott, tell us about your thoughts on TCU. Um, big numbers against OU in Kansas. Uh, we're seeing today, yeah, you know, the Jayhawks defense get hammered by Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners, and the Sooners have had their own issues defensively during the course of the year. Uh, how much of this is just based on what they were able to do against these two teams, and how much is it that they've got some really talented playmakers this uh, year and uh, a really aggressive offensive coach based on every step that he's made along the way? Yeah, they're they're obviously very much improved. It's just it's hard to know exactly how good this TCU team is right now because you look at at, at who they played. We don't really know how bad Oklahoma is or or was on that day. Uh, it's hard to know exactly how good Kansas is right now. So and that was a, a game that went down to the wire. So uh, you know and and, and TCU's non conference wasn't uh, you know wasn't exactly strong. They were uh, they were messing around with Colorado for a while until Max Duggan took over and uh, and. 
finally gave him some cushion in that game. But Duggan is playing on a different level since he's been in. His uh, passer efficiency rating is uh, number two in the country, way ahead of anybody in the Big 12 at this point, including Spencer Sanders. So, um, and, you know, and then you've got guys like Quentin Johnston and Tay Barber who can really make plays out in space. Kendra Miller has been a, a really good running back, and and they've got a lot of ways that they that they can hurt a defense. So uh, a lot of pressure on the Oklahoma State defense to uh, to clamp up today, particularly in the secondary. Um, you know, Mugney says he expects Corey Black to play, which will uh, will help out at uh, the other corner opposite Jabbar Muhammad, who is playing at a really high level so far this season, his first year as a starter. So, um, you know, those guys and the safeties in particular are going to be uh, in for a, uh, an important day in coverage. And then you look at the uh, the defensive line and linebackers, they've got to contain not only the run game, but but also get some pressure on Duggan. Don't let him take off and run because he can hurt you a multitude of ways. So a lot of pressure on every level of the Oklahoma State defense today. Scott, great stuff as always. We'll continue to follow you throughout the day uh, for some, uh, some more updates. And uh, enjoy the game today. Hope we get a chance to talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, bud. All right. Scott right there from the Oklahoman headed down uh, on the field right now to get a look at what they're going to do pregame with Spencer Sanders. Um, yeah, uh, Corey Black, I mean, gosh, you know, six, seven guys go down in, in last week's game, and uh, apparently none of those were uh, tremendously significant. Again, we're going to find out as we go through pregame who's going to be in and out for Oklahoma State. But in terms of the secondary there, that's uh, – a reprieve uh, not having to go some backups today yeah i mean and 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 so much stock has been talked about the cornerbacks for oklahoma state and how big they are whether it's Corey black who's six foot uh his backup jordan reagan who's six one jamar muhammad is the shortest guy at five ten, and demarco jones is six foot man most cornerbacks and most programs i know when i played they weren't that big man right, right. and so Though there are positives in playing the ball when it's in the air, when those big guys, you know, bigger guys aren't as quick and aren't as good to cover guys, in my experience, than shorter guys. Shorter guys are lower to the ground. It's very similar to, like, a running back. The shorter backs are more compact. They're more quick. You know, typically they're quicker. The taller guys don't have that same quickness just because of the body composition deal, right? Taller guys are just more rangier, heavyweight to featherweight. Super quick guys, so on and so forth. And so it's about finding that happy medium. And any time that you get a corner that is around 5'10 or 6' foot that can move like he's a 5'8 guy, I think that's what Oklahoma State is trying to get get at that position and try to get those guys to be able to be. Uh, but when you talk about explosiveness today, though, and TCU's ability to go down the field, it will be very important that those guys can go up and make plays because TCU's not trying to – be have quick guys make plays short and, and, and make big time plays in that manner they're trying to overwhelm you down the field right, right. <laughs> yep. and so uh cornerback wise and matchup wise oklahoma state is in a better situation than most just from guys as being bigger guys in size alone now there so there were a couple of guys that went out during uh last week's game you just talked about demarco jones who uh, gained some notoriety for the heads-up play that he made on the onside kick attempt by Texas Tech that was successful. He actually called for a fair catch and negated that, gave the Cowboys an extra possession. They went down and tied the game early on. Uh, So DeMarco Jones will not play in today's game. Preston Wilson was also injured in that game. Remember along the offensive line for Oklahoma State, he is also out. And then there was great news a week ago when Jaden Bray was able to play for Oklahoma State, got targeted a few times, made a few. He's out again today. So no Jaden Bray for Oklahoma State. All three of those players are out today officially. And Spencer Sanders, uh, the latest that that we've heard anyway, and this is from Oklahoma State's official broadcast, Spencer Sanders is expected to play today. So, um, Rashawn, uh, those uh, those absences for Oklahoma State today certainly not insignificant. No, not at all. I mean, it's Jaden Bray. You could tell they they really wanted him to get him back. I mean, how many times he was targeted? He didn't make as many plays last week, and you know that kind of tells you that hey, there's still some. He still has some issues there, yeah. you know. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! 
the hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> in 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. I don't, I haven't been paying attention enough to really know exactly what those are and why he's not playing today. Uh, but, you know, is Braden Johnson back, right? I mean, is he back or is he, because last week he ended up leaving the game early, right? right. No, he's, he's, he's in today, yeah. Okay, so he's, he's back, and so that, that's a big-time deal because now you've got your, at this point, number one guy back. Um, but depth-wise, receiver-wise, they still should be in a pretty good place. I mean, there's guys, whether you talk about John Paul Richardson, whether you talk about, you know, other guys on the outside that are making plays, you know, the Bryson kid was able to make some plays down the field. I think that he really has a chance to be special just because he's made plays. Last week he had four catches. They only threw the ball to him five times. Right. You know, yeah. and, and so those are the kind of numbers early on that lets you that helps you be aware that you know what, this guy may it may be something to him. Now, offensive line wise, whenever you lose in the center, it's not very good for you. Yeah. Like to me, losing Preston Wilson as long as you got another guy that can snap the football and make the calls and so on and so forth, it's a pretty good. It's a, you're in a pretty good spot. If you're losing a guard, you can move a guy down. If you lose a tackle, you can move a guy out. But at center, you got to have a guy that can snap consistently yeah. and understands at least to a certain extent what everybody else is doing, because in most situations he's responsible for making the calls on the offensive line. And so there are some teams uh, that let the offensive line or the center call the pass protection in some situations, make the changes up front in most situations, and is really the leader of that offensive line because of all the calls and all the all of the things that he has to relay up and down the line. And so out of all positions, the center is most important um, because of a variety of reasons. And so hopefully that is doesn't end up being a, a critical factor. We probably wouldn't know any way outside of if they're missing blocks or not, right? Yeah, so right. they very well can let a guy go. And even with me that understands kind of what's going on on the offensive side of the ball, don't know that that could have been a center and his call pass protection-wise is why the guy came free. Right. Or yeah. in most instances it looks like it's somebody else's responsibility, like a, like a running back or a quarterback not necessarily seeing the guy. Joe Mikowski is the backup center. He actually played a little bit last week when Preston Wilson came out. Then he went down, and Wilson came back in. Mikowski was able to finish the game, so at least he has seen some action for Oklahoma State today, but some uh, uh, pretty big departures for the Cowboys going into their game against TCU, and we'll check out the Horn Frogs injury report coming up here in a little bit as soon as that is available, see if they have anybody out for this weekend's matchup. Two undefeated teams in the Big 12, certainly an important game. By the end of the season, who knows how many teams are going to have two or three losses on their record, so you want to be sure to get these under your belt while you have the opportunity, but this is a tough one in Fort Worth today for Oklahoma State as they take on the undefeated Horn Frogs. Coming up next, Kelly Hines will join us to talk about the latest what Oklahoma State does with some of these injuries and who's expected to step up for the Cowboys in today's game against TCU. We're about an hour and a half away from kickoff, coming to you from a great place here in Northwest OKC off of 122nd in May. It's Lumpy's. Great specials out here, too. 250 Bud and Bud Light Long Necks for all OU and OSU games. So that's going to be all afternoon long. You can come in and take advantage of those great deals. Gideon Hamilton, Rashawn Woods, this is Countdown to Kickoff on 98.1 FM. WWLS Sports Animal. Still a little under 90 minutes away from kickoff in Fort Worth, Oklahoma State, and TCU. Battle of undefeated teams, the Big 12, Gideon Hamilton, Rashawn Woods here at Lumpy's, Northwest 122nd and May. Great place, spacious. This would be a perfect place to watch the game today. you got TVs all over the joint, so you want to watch OSU and TCU. Obviously, they're going to have that game on everywhere, but they have enough TVs. They'll have a couple of them probably on the uh, Alabama-Tennessee game, some other action uh, that you might be interested in keeping tabs on. Uh, defending against RPO stuff, what's uh, what's important? Uh, how does the defense prepare for that kind of attack? Yeah, so traditionally uh, teams have to play or defend the RPOs early on. They were trying to defend those guys with second-level players. So RPOs, what they do is, is they put your second-level guys in conflict. 
And so second-level guys are for linebackers. Let's just use right. linebackers for right now. So sec- linebackers have dual responsibility in most defenses, particularly in zone. They have run-fit responsibilities first and foremost, and then they have pass-drop responsibilities. And so when you go to fake or run, they have to, by no choice, play their run fit. When they play their run fit, they leave their passing responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the RPO is born. So you say you got a slant behind a linebacker, they fake hand the football off, he leaves the slant window, you throw the slant. Yep. Now the linebacker says, okay, I'm going to stay in the slant window. The, run, the quarterback sees that. He hands the football off. There's nobody in the run field. Yeah. Okay. Then the next step in this evolution is teams would say, hey, we're just going to play man so that the linebackers do not have to worry about their pass responsibility. They still may have a drop, but they can run to their run responsibility freely, and it is up to the defensive back and secondary or safety to cover the receiver initially now, which would be one-on-one. Yeah, right. If you are able to do that, then you are in a good situation. If you cannot cover them one-on-one, then they're going to run and screw up on you because when he raises up to throw the football, it's not to say uh, you don't have to necessarily do RPO now. The defense is playing for it. Yeah. So now you can run a traditional pass play or run deep play action, and you're guaranteed to have the one-on-one down the field. The next step on that deal is play the RPOs with the third-level guys. So now the safeties and the – essentially the safeties Mm -hmm. are now in the RPO window, and they're now putting pressure on the second-level defense. And so typically the linebackers are your second-level defenders – now they're taking third-level defenders who are responsible for stopping anything deep, yep. like a deep post, a go route, so on and so forth. Typically those guys need to stay over the top of that, right? They are now playing the second level to tie and tighten up and sure up that level, which will also allow them to still play in zone and the linebackers to run freely without necessarily having to worry about that, which then puts you back into the old play action. Right. In which you get the long, drawn-out, handoff, fake play action, drop back, and the guy's running a deep pass over the over the top. Mm-hmm. There's no help there whatsoever. Now all the pressure's back on the cornerback again. Yeah. Okay, so however way you want to slice it, okay, it has been extremely difficult. And then the last way that teams are playing it, they are fitting the run with the third-level guys. So now they are bringing the safeties up, and they're fitting the run – at the line of scrimmage. So they're running and covering and trying to cover the third level or the second level RPOs and then continue on that path down into the box and then make the play, okay, which is what now you're seeing now. Iowa State is the first team that shows that what essentially it looks like is that they've only got five guys in the box, but the two safeties are now fit players, so if five turns to seven and run type situations – and they're all the way back, flying down from 12 to 15 yards, and they're making a play at the line of scrimmage because there is nobody there designed to make to block those guys. Mm-hmm. And so then it forces the offense again to say, okay, you're going to play like that. Now my receivers can block those guys, but if they're blocking, they can't RPO. Right. Mm-hmm. And it ends up going back to the normal way. That, that you see football and how it's been. So, like, it's just a constant revolving door. You Offense comes up with something. Defense figures out how to stop it. Defense figures out how to stop it. Offense revitalizes yeah. and, 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 be, and is more innovative yet again. So who knows what the next one is. Let's go and bring in our good friend Kelly Hines, uh, who is in Fort Worth. Uh, hopefully not as chewed up as last time around, Kelly. Jeff. A good night last night at the hotel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no uh, bed bugs this time around. So things have gone uh, a lot better than the last time I was here. When, uh, not only did that happen, um, but the game I covered was absolutely crazy. And then a huge fight broke out afterwards. So That's right. already off to a much better start. 
All right. Well, hopefully none of that's uh, coming up in our game today. I wouldn't mind a crazy one, and we very well might have one, and already some craziness before the game, and that is I I guess Spencer Sanders is going to play from everything that we've heard, but, uh, Kelly, I I think it is – you know, I'm always hesitant with this stuff, but I think it's safe to say he's not 100%. Would that be safe to assume that? Yeah, but I don't know uh, what what quarterback in the Big 12 is uh, 100%. So um, I I definitely feel like he's been dealing with with a shoulder um, issue. I don't know if it's fair to say injury, but, you know, he had his shoulder wrapped pretty good after the game Saturday. And then um, I was told he got a cortisone shot to to deal with the the pain management early in the week. Um, I believe he's been practicing. He's obviously here. He's out on the field warming up. So, um, expected to play, uh, but I, I don't know that um, expecting him to be 100% it would be fair, but um, I guess we'll find out. Well, what about these other injuries? Uh, you know, TCU can do a lot of different things in the past game, so you want some depth there. DeMarco Jones is out. We saw him get injured uh, last week. Jaden Bray gave it a go last week, um, actually made a couple of plays, but he's out again, Kelly, as I guess he's dealing with is it the same nagging injury uh, this time around, and then the biggie is Preston Wilson being out. Yeah, yeah, Preston Wilson, you know, that that's a guy who uh, brings so many things to your team in terms of leadership and just uh, just a really – uh, just consistent player, um, and you know, obviously he he didn't play all of last week, and so I think you know it was uh, somewhat anticipated that you know he was somewhat day to day, I guess. Um, but you know, Jaden Bray, uh, Dave Hunziker said he he re-injured his hand, um, so that's uh, a lingering issue with him. Demarco Jones um, is a guy who uh, you know had a really great play on special teams last week, but definitely provides depth um, at the corner position. So not having him, you know, it's just a next man up there so um some of the other guys i think it's a uh wait and see type situation um but yeah i think i'm definitely dealing with uh, a few injuries right now you mentioned sanders is warming up are you we had talked to uh, scott Wright a little bit earlier so he was going to let print media get down on field level i didn't know if you were still up in the box or you went down there to take a look if if you can see him does he is it kind of a normal warm-up for him basically so um, I'm uh, watching him from uh, the upper level outside the press box, and I think okay. he looks normal, but it's kind of hard to tell at this point. And I, I don't know that I pay close enough attention on a, on a weekly basis to know what exactly is normal. But I, nothing about it. Like if we didn't know all of the stuff that we we knew going into today, I wouldn't think that there was anything going on with him. Kelly Hines does a great job covering Cowboy football for the Tulsa World. One more for you, Kelly, and that is. Um, tell us about this TCU team. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of weapons offensively. Uh, I don't know if they've necessarily been challenged uh, defensively. Of course, that Kansas game goes down to the wire a week ago. What do you think about the Horn Frogs and their some of their talents going into this week? Yeah, definitely have um, a, a, a good deal of talent. And honestly, I've, I've been impressed with what Sonny Dyke has been able to do in his first season. But I'm also a big fan of, of the staff that he compiled. You know, uh, Joseph Gillespie I covered for a long time at Tulsa, and he was just an exceptional defensive coordinator, and he's also a similar scheme to TCU. And Carlton Buckles, who was a, a secondary coach at, at Tulsa, um, came also. Um, Doug Meacham, who uh, I think all of us are pretty familiar with, you know, he's still on the staff here. So um, I feel like that staff that he was able to get in his, in his first season has really helped them maybe um, overachieve what people thought would be capable, they'd be capable of, you know, um, in, in a new system with a new coach. So um, I think this is going to be such a good game, and I'm honestly just ready for these, uh, what is that, 77 minutes. I'm just ready for those minutes to fly by because uh, I think this is going to be such a good matchup. Kelly, we appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the game. Hope we get a chance to talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Kelly Hines from the Tulsa World. Uh, during the time that we came on, we mentioned that Oklahoma had gone for a touchdown right before halftime instead of taking uh, sure points, didn't get in, and so Kansas actually started the second half with the ball, an opportunity to go down and get within a score of the Sooners. They throw an interception uh, in their own territory. So OU on the march again, uh, looking to finally double up this lead. They're up 35-21. to 21. Uh, tell me about cortisone shots and what you know there. Yeah, they're supposed to take the pain away. Um, it's a temporary fix. It's pretty much what it is. It has some degenerative aspects of it. If you get too many of them 
in a row. Yeah. Uh, but typically, you should be okay to maybe do it once or twice, man. But if if you're doing them every week, it's probably not the best thing. But mm-hmm. they do work. I have had one before. Uh, you feel, yeah, you know, it, it helps. I mean, it, it, it really does take the pain away. Well, I, I mean, can you describe that experience? And there's plenty of people listening probably played and, and have had one or maybe didn't play and have had one for any number of reasons. But giant needle, and is it more numbing than anything? What's, uh, what's it feel like and how long does it take and how long does it last? Yeah, it lasts pretty much to the end of the game. They give it to you maybe an hour or two before, or maybe an hour and it's, it has somewhat of a numbing effect, but you can still feel whatever's ailing you. It's still there. It's just nowhere near as, as, t- as intense. Okay. Um, and so it it's more so for like, I wouldn't say like if you got a pulled muscle, if you got a pulled muscle and you do a cortisone shot, it's not helping it. Okay. Like it's, you're not going about to go out here and you're on a pulled muscle and go play. It's nothing like that. But like if you've got like a sore knee or you sprained your knee, or, or something like that, or your shoulders banged up, and you know you do that, then it then it, it helps, right? And so like, or if your throwing arm is, every time you throw it, there's pain when you throw. Yeah, it helps that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so, you know, it it can't be a tendonitis. It helps. You know, it can't be something that you can't even run on already. And then all right. of a sudden you get a shot, and you're going out there like nothing wrong. Okay, if you got a pulled muscle or broken bones, you you yeah. hurt. You're, 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 you're done, right? And so if you got it now, now, if you got a broken arm, you got a cast on it, it's hurting like hell, you get a cortisone shot, you're fine. Like you can get through the game, but afterwards, you better believe when you wake up, <laughs> okay, if you hit it and then, like, yeah. you kind of look at it, it's like, oh, you know, that, that, that wasn't that bad. When it wears off the next day when you wake up, you're going to be like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, I feel like it's broke again. The you know, the, the thing that I, I don't want to do here, I, I don't want to be irresponsible with this, but hearing that he got the shot on Tuesday, and most, I, I mean, in almost all football experiences, you're getting one either at halftime or you're getting one before the game just to kind of get through whatever yeah, either what happened it, during the game or happened during the week to get through the game. So I don't want to be well, irresponsible well, in well, saying that say, he got two in one right, week, right. but it worries me that he got it on Tuesday. No, so, so, so the cortisone is actually like an anti-inflammatory type deal, okay? So it actually helps it the hill and so i'm thinking i'm thinking of like a toradol and i'm putting toradol shot into a cortisone shot it's not the same thing right okay. and I'm, I'm not i don't want to be like come on this deal like i'm a licensed doctor right yeah doctor, <laughs> like, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about you know sure. and yeah. so like there's two different deals like a toradol shot is right before the game and it's more of a pain deal to my knowledge that i've had and then a cortisone shot it, it, you know, it, it is something that you take ahead of time, and it does aid in the, the healing process, right. to my knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And so two different things. Um, Toradol is the one that you do right before cortisone. It's just like it's an anti-inflammatory, it's an anti-inflammatory gotcha. agent that helps things that it kind of heal and get the swelling out and so on and so forth, kind of speeds that process up. So I apologize uh, for the, uh, the guys who've actually – uh, went to school and sp- paid thousands of dollars uh, to uh, uh, to get it right, and I'm here, Doctor Woods. Yeah, I'm here trying to be Doctor Woods. Don't know what the hell I'm talking about. We're gonna come back. Marshall Scott from Pistols Firing will join us. Talk about the latest. Um, what Oklahoma State's offensive line looks like without Preston Wilson. That's gonna be a big one uh, today. And uh, yeah. Uh, this is a really important game for OSU as they take on TCU in Fort Worth. We're just a little over an hour away from kickoff today, and uh, this game is going to be on ABC if you want to check it out. Gideon Hamilton, Rashawn Woods hanging out at Lumpy's Northwest 122nd of May, 250 Bud and Bud Light Longnecks for all OU and OSU games. So that's going on all afternoon long. You want to come out here, hang out with us. Got plenty of TVs to watch the game. This will be an awesome place to check it out. You're listening to Countdown to Kickoff, Bud Light Game Time 98.1. FM, WWLS, Sports Animal. Just about an hour away from kickoff in Fort Worth, OSU and TCU today. Two undefeated teams in Big 12 play. Coming to you live from Lumpy's 122nd in May. 250 Bud, Bud Light Longnecks for all OU and OSU games. So that means that's going to be going on 
all afternoon long. Gideon Hamilton, the two-time All-American at OSU. Rashawn Woods, we're about to be joined by Marshall Scott before that, courtesy of Mr. Sparky. You heard it there. Who needs to provide a spark for OSU today, Rashawn? Anybody on a defensive line, you know, clearly you talked, and we talked a little bit today about uh, what they need to do in the secondary, but as long as the defensive line can continue to get pressure, it always helps that. My my uncertainty on this deal is is that they're not getting as near as pressure as they've had in the past, and I don't necessarily think it's because of the players. I think because they're not dialing up the pressure. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near what they did last year, and that to me is a problem. Oklahoma State needs to be aggressive if they sit back defensively and just expect TCU to not make to, to make mistakes, it's going to be a long night for the Cowboys, right? The defense has to create a spark. Yeah, right. Okay, mm-hmm. to get stops tonight. Let's go and bring him in. He does a great job covering OSU athletics, as does his whole team for Pistols Firing Blog. His name is Marshall Scott. Marshall, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How are you? You don't need a quarter zone shot today, do you? I don't think so. You know, I, I woke up well. There was a, a little kid running down the hallways at 5 a.m. this morning in the hotel. But other than that, I think I'm feeling fine. All right. Uh, good to go today. Uh, Marshall, uh, what's the latest on Spencer Sanders? Apparently people are uh, watching him warm up down on the field. And uh, if nothing was said about him all week, nobody would have known anything was different. Yeah, so I heard something on Tuesday. I'd gotten a message that said, hey, I heard, you know, Spencer – um, something's going on with him, and I, I said, you know, I'll check it at practice today because uh, we had media availability. Um, and then when we walked in, Spencer was standing there with his shoulder pads and, you know, leaving with the rest of the team, so nothing seemed up. So I kind of just dismissed it at that point. Um, but then, obviously, this morning and, and late last night, things kind of started whirling again. So I, I do think he is banged up a little bit, um, but at the same time, I don't know that he was ever truly going to miss this game. We know somebody who is going to miss the game, Preston Wilson, and this is a big one. Mikowski got some time last week, so it's not like he's never been thrown into the fire, but that's a really important position, uh, Marshall. Yeah, um, you don't have to look much further back than than the uh, Big 12 title game last year whenever uh, they missed out on Danny Goodlefty um, down in Arlington, uh, Spencer Center back uh, last year, and, you know, it didn't go well for Oklahoma State. Um, with that being said, they have played Joe Mikowski quite a bit this year. Uh, Gundy's kind of started this new thing where, um, like receivers, he, he's working in different offensive linemen just in case injuries pop up. Um, so I, I guess, you know, you're in as good a spot as you can be whenever you're missing your starting center. But, you know, with a quarterback who's presumed to be at least a little banged up, um, you know, any deficiencies on that offensive line are probably not very welcome. Jaden Braves out as well. Is Did something crop up in last week's game, or is this, to your knowledge, uh, the same ailment that he's been? dealing with all year yeah i'd heard to that uh, i heard it's a thumb um i heard that he re-aggravated it last week um and that they've decided to go ahead and hold him out again marshall scott is our guest does a great job of reporting on osu athletics for pistols firing blog uh with tcu and what we just have seen from them this year uh you can understand that oklahoma state fans are curious about the way that their secondary is going to react today uh facing what is probably at least to this point their biggest test of the season uh marshall what do you think about that matchup oklahoma state's defensive backs and safeties versus tcu's talented receivers yeah i think that you know this is that that is the matchup that is uh you know if Oklahoma State's secondary is going to get it together today, it kind of has to be the day. Um, and then obviously you roll into next week with, with the way that Quinn Ewers um, can throw the wall around. It seems a little inconsistent at this point, but um, it, this seems like a big stretch coming up for, for that secondary. Um, performed uh, okay-ish against, you know, a Texas team that – or a Texas Tech team that threw the ball 60 times last week. Um, but, but this seems, I think, going to take a little more shots, maybe a little less throwing the ball sideways and a little more, you know, play-action game and, and take a shot downfield whenever you've got a guy like Max Duggan who can, you know, thread a run um, to kind of bring everybody up and, and then throw it over the top. So big game for, you know, the likes of Jason Taylor. Um, the corners, obviously, it's going to be a big deal. Um, Jabbar Muhammad had a pretty good game against uh, Texas Tech last weekend. Corey Black got injured last week, and it looks like he'll probably play this week. Um, so I, I'd expect them to take some shots at him. Um, he's a big-bodied corner, but if you hear that he's hobbled, um, I'd imagine that that's where TC is going to want to throw the ball. So, Big big day for Corey Black, um, and then just kind of big game for Jason Taylor to kind of keep everybody corralled, um, and then maybe he can make a, a big play that, that he seems to always be able to make um, that could kind of change the tides of this game. 
With the way that this league is structured, somebody's going to... What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Get uh, lucky with the schedule or some injuries or, or something like that and might sneak through and have one loss and get into the championship game. Uh, everybody else, I think, is going to be kind of fighting it out based on what we've seen, the body of work so far. That being said, how critical is this game for Oklahoma State today? Yeah, you know, it'd be hard to imagine that whichever team wins this game won't be in Arlington just because uh, you know, this, the winner of this game will be 6-0. and They'll have, you know, won all these games in Big 12 play. Um, and, you know, just with the craziness of, of everything else, it'll be it'll be tough for, for whoever wins this game to not make it to Arlington. So uh, I think this one is crucial, especially with a, you know, you don't really know which Texas team you're getting week in and week out. You know, you could get a bad Texas team that, that's, you know, kind of playing to Iowa State's level um, right now. You could get that Texas team next week, or you could get the Texas team that, you know, kind of styled on a uh, beaten up Oklahoma team. So, uh, I, I think this one is, you know, Mike Gundy kind of said it this week that it's only a big game uh, because, you know, it, it's the current game. And that, that's a coach's cliche, but it's kind of the cliche for a reason that, you know, th- these big games don't become big games um, unless you keep winning. So, you know, whoever wins this game, I, I think it's not going to be a lock for Arlington, but have a really good shot at getting to Arlington. And Oklahoma State obviously wants to, wants to get back there and, and kind of avenge some things that happened last season. Mark, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the game today. Thank you. All right, that's Marshall Scott from Pistols Firing Blog. Uh, Oklahoma on top of Kansas, 42-21. Just got the ball back as well. Uh, Marshall mentioned Texas was kind of playing down to Iowa State. Again, uh, the Longhorns not able to get anything going offensively in the third quarter, managing only a field goal to take a 17-7 lead. Iowa State, uh, very next drive goes down and scores on a uh, 54-yard pass play, I should say. And so right now, Texas leading Iowa State 17-14 at the end of three. And uh, Iowa State with the football around midfield. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that game moving forward. And, uh, yeah, there's there's still a lot of things that can happen in this league this year, Rashawn. But uh, this, is a, this is a big one. Yeah, no question about it. Anytime you got two undefeated teams, I mean, that's, that's just where you're at. I mean, that's hard to do. Even with uh, the road that TCU has had to take to get here, I mean, it is what it is. You can't blame the, the Horn Frogs for playing a team that was down without the starting quarterbacks. You know, you can give all the what ifs that you want to give, but the reality of this deal is, is any time that you've got a team that hadn't been beat, there are, that first loss is always the hardest one to get. Yeah. You know, to, to, to win that game, and so um, they're getting, they're going to play an extremely confident TCU team, and so that's the thing to me. The mentality of the Horn Frogs is what worries me more than anything else. But the same can be said for Oklahoma State. And as long as Pistol Sanders plays, he's a guy that's really, really good on the road. Oklahoma State has been really, really good on the road. And so those two things in combination make me feel good about this game. Uh, but it will definitely be a close one, definitely a t- the toughest game to date. And it seems like, really, as the states continue to rise, uh, so will each particular game. So when we talk about uh, the evolution of what the Big 12 is eventually going to be, and we've talked about this with every uh, conference team that Oklahoma State has played so far this year and Baylor and, and the teams that they will play, what are your thoughts about TCU? They're always at a little bit of a disadvantage along uh, with Baylor uh, because of the uh, nature of the school private university and everything like that, religious school. Um, but uh, they're, the way that they sit, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you have a feeling if they get a program on track the way that Gary Patterson had, and a lot of that was in, in a different league where it was maybe a little bit easier for them uh, to compete. But if they can get to a level where they're near the top of this league, uh, I think they could really make some strides moving forward. Yeah, no question. Uh, a consistent success. You know, I don't know if... The academic standards is a direct correlation of teams who may not be able to get certain guys. The truth of the matter is, is your very best guys are really exceptional guys. And so 
Um, it's just a matter if if TCU is 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 able to just attract those level of guys, big time guys who mm-hmm. also are exceptional in the classroom. But you, man, you'd be blown away about how those two things are really going hand in hand in most cases. Okay, in most cases, mm-hmm. and so t- uh, TCU still and, and Baylor still have uh, that responsibility of getting those quality guys when they get them there, whether it's through the, the transfer portals and other avenue. Do they hold those guys to that same standard right. out of high school that they do maybe so out of the transfer portal, right? And so I don't know how all the workings and stuff go with that, uh, but the location of TCU and Baylor, they're, they're in hotbeds, man. They're yeah, hotbeds right. recruiting-wise. Uh, if you got to put in a little extra work to get the guys that you need to get, you go and do that. Uh, and it appears – uh, that they've had some success in recent times, both programs, and getting the guys there that can really, really play. Uh, and so that needs to continue to happen. And maybe this is the year that both of those schools really take that next step. I think it's important yep. for the Big 12 uh, that all the Big 12 schools really, really have success, particularly outside of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. You won't know that until you get to bowl season. But in the non-conference, teams were pretty formidable. Kansas more formidable than anybody else. It's a big-time positive for the Big 12 overall. Uh, the biggest negative, which right now is just a small negative because it's short-term now, OU not having success. But the reality of it, Texas losing to Alabama was still a positive for the Big 12 because of the nature of how they lost right. the game. Okay, and so Texas, uh, again, even talking about them is also a short-term kind of deal here, but it still has relevance as long as they're still technically – within the umbrella of the Big 12. Having a great time here at Lumpy's in northwest Oklahoma City off 122nd and May. 250 Bud and Bud Light Longnecks uh, throughout the afternoon as they do that for every OU and OSU games. You can't come out here today. It's always fun to come out here on Saturday and enjoy some great Bud and Bud Light specials as we keep an eye on Kansas and uh, Oklahoma. Looks like the Jayhawks have just scored a touchdown uh, on OU and point pending, that would make it a 14-point game, 42-27 to 27 right now as of this second in favor of the Sooners. Matt Meyer will be able to confirm that coming up in a couple of minutes. And also, after the break, we will have Rashawn's final thoughts on what's important, who should be the weapon of the game for Oklahoma State today, as well as they take on TCU at 2.30, that game on ABC. Gideon Hamilton, Rashawn Woods here. It's Countdown to Kickoff, 98.1 FM, WWLS Sports Animal. Countdown to kickoff rolls on, 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal, Gideon Hamilton, Rashawn Woods here at Lumpy's, Northwest 122nd and May. It'd be a great place to watch the game today. Yeah, Iowa State is taking the lead over Texas. Um, I'm just, uh, I want Iowa State to win that game. Uh, they've already lost three conference games, uh, so that'd be great. You want those teams like West Virginia the other night to uh, rack up some wins knowing they probably don't have as good a shot to uh, get to the Big 12 title game to help out some of these other teams. Just going to give them a little bit of breathing room whenever they play, although Texas already near midfield on their next drive. So Dr. Woods might need to go back to medical school, but Coach Woods is doing a great job. Uh, Another victory against a talented Westmore team the other night, you were telling me. So uh, Enid already up to four wins, haven't been to that level in a long time, and still some opportunities uh, to come in what is a really, really tough classification and district. That's right. Uh, can't be more proud of the guys. Uh, man, it was a long time, a long road, an extremely difficult road to even get to four wins. And uh, the way the guys have performed and, and played through injury, uh, the coaches and staff that has put the time in and, and really, really got these guys playing the right way uh, has been truly, truly the blessing. And it's been a lot of fun this particular year and just being able to reach goals that, quite frankly, not a lot of people thought that were possible. And so now that we're doing it and they're right in the middle of it, uh, all I can say is, is, man, it's not something that is easily done. And, and yeah. you're just thankful that you got to get like the guys around you and the team is uh, uh, knocking on the door, uh, knocking on the door to have a winning season, uh, one game away from that. We've already made had playoff, already a playoff berth since first playoff berth or real playoff berth since 2010, and uh, a lot of positives there. And the biggest one of all, we've got three games left. 
So yeah. with three games left, we can improve on that, and that's so, so exciting uh, for our program. Rashawn, weapons of the game. So you talked about how important the defensive line uh, for Oklahoma State, uh, those guys that start, the guys that they shuffle in, uh, need to be able to make plays, need to be able to get to the quarterback, those running backs as well, uh, limit their big play ability. Who do you think Oklahoma State can utilize offensively today that could be a weapon for them? Yeah, this is the normal guys that we talk about. I think uh, if there's any slowdown in, in, in Sanders' ability to play, Dominic Richardson, Ali Gordon, Jaden Nixon, any of those guys, they need to have a breakout game today. I think anytime that you're on the road, if you are able to run the football effectively, it really keeps an explosive TCU offense off the field. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, you've got to be able to run the football. And it sounds like Spencer Sanders getting a quarter zone shot in his shoulder may have gotten fell on it at some point mm-hmm. uh, in the game last week and it's still quite not hasn't quite healed. And so He's probably not going to be as much of a force running the football, which is always a risk when you've got a dual-threat guy. Dominic Richardson and company need to be able to fill that gap. Throwing the football-wise, you know, Braden Johnson's back in the lineup up the midst of a significant portion of the game last week, and you need big playability back again from him. Brennan Presley, John Paul Richardson, Bryson Green. Which one is going to be the guy this week? And so that's a good problem to have. Jaden Bray's not available. That's okay. Defensively, get to the quarterback. Yeah. Dial up pressures. If you let this guy sit back and make throws, Max Dugan is going to Dugan you out and make plays for the TCU Horn Frogs. That is a fact. Slow down the run. If you slow down the run, it makes it harder for those guys to safely take shots down the field. They can still do it, but – if they're too aggressive, it ends up putting the Cowboys in better situations to go through to create three and out situations for the Hornfalls. So, get to the quarterback. Be aggressive. Don't wait back and see. Be a spark on defense. Playing fast offensively it, because I, I do think that we're going to see. Uh, there's a chance we see a tempo shift a little bit earlier in the game for Oklahoma State, but TCU wants to go fast. Uh, if they do, how do you prepare your defense for that? You know, a lot of different ways, man. You know, one of the biggest ways is, is how is your defense built? Deep, off Defensively for the Cowboys, they've got enough guys to be able to rotate up front. Tremendously good. They can, can keep a consistent pass rush in those guys' face and they won't get tired because of the depth they have at defensive tackle and defensive end. They're forced, based on the college rule, that when a team goes fast and they substitute, they have to allow Oklahoma State to substitute. Take advantage of that the best way that you can to make sure that even if you don't want to substitute, you utilize that to slow down the pace of the offense, have somebody ready to go in, and intentionally take 20 seconds off the clock to give your chance, yourself a chance to get your defense in the right call and also get fresh guys on the field so that you can keep pace with the, uh, the fast-paced offenses of the day. Really important game today for Oklahoma State and TCU for their fortunes. And it sounds odd to say that. Only five games into the season will reach the midway point of the year, and still you're only going to have a couple of games in Big 12 play, but the way that other things are are shaping up, you definitely want to have this one under your belt if you are either squad. Both teams have been impressive to this point. Uh, How much is Spencer Sanders ready to go? This could be, if Oklahoma State wins this game against TCU today, it's certainly going to be a memorable performance uh, by some Cowboy, whether it's Spencer Sanders for gutting this one out. They do have to go to one of those backups, as we talked about prior to the year, as you know, it could be a necessity at some point the way that Spencer plays. Obviously, that would be memorable as well. But this is a tough spot for the Cowboys today, taking on the undefeated Horn Frogs. Coming up next, Matt Meyer is going to get us caught up to speed on, I think, a pretty important game for the league that's going on in Austin right now between Iowa State and Texas. Uh, the Longhorns have just come off the field. It's going to be a fourth and goal situation for them, so that's a very important play. Looks like Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel, everything is going good again for that offense as they're up 49-28, to still with a couple of minutes left to go in the third. Uh, so uh, Oklahoma might put up 60 today a week after uh, putting
putting up a goose egg in the Cotton Bowl. So still a lot of great stuff to come here. And we're going to hear from the head coach of the Cowboys, Mike Gundy. That is coming up in just a little bit. want to thank everybody at Lumpy's. We'll be out here during the game. We'll be out here after the game as well for our post-game show. As soon as this one is over, uh, as soon as this game is finished, we will be back with you here at Lumpy's 122nd of May taking your post-game phone calls after what is hopefully a big win for the Cowboys. Don't forget 250 Bud and Bud Light Longnecks for all OU and OSU games. So those will be going on uh, during the game today. want to thank Louie Elder for our great setup here. Everybody at Lumpy's, Matt Meyer back in studio. Countdown to kickoff rolls on the sports animal right after this. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.